You know how you hear a song or an album and it has that magic on it? That thing that teleports you back? It's the soundtrack of your life if you think about it. I'm a bicentennial baby. I grew up listening to records, those records turned to tapes, and tapes to CDs, and now we just stream it all. But I have to say, I'm a bit vinyl I'm part of a subculture of audiophiles who evolve with the times, but every now and then, the occasion calls for wax. Have you ever wanted to talk to your favorite artists and ask them about the albums they love and why? Yeah, me too. Welcome to Vinally, a podcast where your favorite artists dissect the albums of their favorite artists. I'm Annika Young. You're listening to Vitally, the podcast on 96.3 HD4, dcradio.gov. Quick story. So mm-hmm. the year was 2014, uh, the year of our Lord. And some friends and I were out on U Street and we were going to an event as a tribute to the 80s. It was Fonte, Zoe, and Bora Bond. It was a complete vibe that night. I danced until my makeup sweated off my face. It was a whole thing. But I made it a point to get to the front of the stage and I was mouthing things to Bora as she was singing, hoping that she would sing an 80s song that I loved. But I remember watching this sister's energy and saying to myself, she's gonna be my friend one day in real life. Like I'm gonna manifest this friendship. And then um, I think the year was uh, 2019 and it actually happened. So I'm delighted today to talk to my friend, Deborah Bond. Hello. Girl. <laughs> yeah, you just put, you just took me back for a minute. Oh, Do you to, remember to that very, night? To a very good night. Wow. Oh my gosh, that night was magic. <laughs> so I somehow at some point made it, what is the name of that venue? It was right by Bohemian Caverns on U yeah. Street. It was upstairs. It's called Liz. Yes, that it was, was the a, top floor. Yes. Yep. Bohemian was on the bottom. There was a, a section in the middle called Tap and Parlor. And then on the top was Liz. And Liz tend to have like the bigger concerts and um, DJs, house music parties. And a lot of a lot of really interesting stuff was happening during that time specifically. Mm-hmm. And so just thinking about that for that 80s show, man, it was like such a wave of on nostalgia and like uh, King King Brick, you know, tributing Stevie Wonder, DJ Spinner, getting Stevie Wonder in the building. It was a lot happening around that time. It was a good time. <laughs> it was a good time, and yeah. I made it on stage somehow because after the after the oh. performance, um, it was just a dance party. You know, eighties mm-hmm. music is a unifier. It does mm-hmm. not matter your age. It does not matter where you live. Your your mm-hmm. socioeconomic status. Eighties music is a unifier. So it ended yeah. up turning into a big dance party, and I ended up on stage, sweaty, dancing with Fonte, who had that Jerry Curl wig on. You remember? I said, bruv, yeah. like that wig alone is causing you to sweat. Um, yeah. But being at, being on stage, <laughs> da- <laughs> being on stage with you guys and dancing the night away was incredible. And not for nothing, there may be some photos. So check your phone later because I think I have some photos from that night too. Oh my God, I would love it. <laughs> oh my goodness. I would love it. Yeah, very good times. Very, very good times. And Looking back on that time, we were having a good time looking back on another time. Yes, and, right. You know, it's a, that's a very universal It is. Thing to it's do. it's full circle. Back. Yeah. 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 Looking back on the yeah. look back. <laughs> looking back on the look back. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So yeah. I just want to know. Honestly, I've been thinking about this because no one sounds like you. You have a very unique voice. So when you're when you're when, in your collaborations in your solo projects, uh, I always know it's you. I don't need to see with the with, with the name on the on the track is. I always I always know it's you. But like, yeah. how did you know you could sing? Like, who told you that? Who said? <laughs> like, who said this baby can sing? Like, how did you come into um, that? You know, I I say this. Time and time again, I'm going to say it again. 
that I hate to be cliche, but I think God told me, I think the universe told me, no one told me. I think the universe told me. I knew very, very, very young that I loved melodies and I knew that I could open my mouth and like just make those, I could emulate those melodies. I could listen to a song and hum it. It's really strange. Like I, I had such um, a uh, interesting childhood as far as like who I was around and type of things that were, was influencing me. So I really, in my home life, my day-to-day life, I was the second child and my, my older sister who's two years older than me, she has down syndrome. And so growing up with her, it was like kind of a quiet, like it was just the two of us and I couldn't really talk to her or like, you know, conversate with her. So we, but we both love music. And so mm. I put on a radio or boombox or whatever I had, and she would be rocking from side to side in her bed and I'd be on my bed singing along. And I just naturally started to sing music home music, remember it, like my memory for it was really strong. So I, I think the universe really told me before anyone else told me, I think that you like to sing. You can sing. Just sing it. And I just would do it. Wow. Can anybody else in the know. family it's sing? weird, but yeah. I'm sorry? Can anyone else in the family sing? Uh, my uncle David, my mom's baby brother out of like eight kids, the baby boy, he was in a funk band when I was growing up very heavily P-Funk influence, which totally made its way to me. And That is on brand. You know, I, that is on brand I, for you. You know, I was a 70s baby. So, you know, I had funk all around and my uncle had a band and he would wear spacesuits and platinum wigs and platform shoes and stuff. And I was very enamored by that at a very young age. But I really, I was really the only singer in my family for a good majority of my life. Yeah. It's really, I, I feel like I'm just a interesting little seed that was just planted alone. I didn't, I didn't get the influence in church. I didn't, I just knew by the time I was probably six that I liked to sing songs and I like to like listen to music a lot <laughs> and look at people singing music a lot. And then you get MTV and, or solid gold or, you know, all kinds of shows where people were just singing and, oh, man, and then getting introduced to musicals. I just, yeah. But no one you, told me. Isn't that no one told you. No, no one said it to me. It is very interesting, but even more than that is the fact that, like, it it skipped. Like, it, you know, your uncle got it, and then you got it. Um, and you do have a lot of that energy. You are so much fun to watch live, I got to tell you. You are so much fun to watch live. Do you, you. <laughs> do you enjoy performing? Yeah. I can tell. Yeah. What, what is, <laughs> so what is it? What's the what's the thrill? Um I think I'm a performative spirit. I think that I've always had that in me going back to the younger days. I was always watching. I was a very curious child. So I was always watching. And by the time it settled in my soul that I liked music or I, I was into anything with singing and dancing and music, the more I began to visually watch it, I was definitely one of those people that like, I was very visually stimulated. So watching people like Michael Jackson and watching Janet Jackson and watching Prince and watching Stevie Rockettes from side to side and Shaka and with her big hair. I was, I just felt like I wanted to do that. I wanted to kind of like dance and shake. And I, I, I was always very <laughs> right off the break. Like, Oh, I want to try that. I want to do that. I would do that. I could do that. Maybe I'll try to like watch it and do it again. And like, and so for me, it's the, the shop It's so weird because it's such a yin yang because I was slightly, I don't know if I would use the word shy meek or like I was not the most secure really? in my abilities so I was a little bit meek about showing it but if I felt comfortable with you I would perform I would do things I would pretend I was on the Grammys I would take tape players and pro- like record on a tape me being a host announcing the Grammys and then be the person singing on the Grammys and then be the audience clapping I was doing this on tape players like in 1980s Seven, you know, so 
So I think I always wanted to perform. <laughs> you know, that's so interesting. Like that is the power of manifesting because now, yeah. you, now what is your role with the, with the Grammys? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Talk um, about it though. Yeah, that's a very surreal thing for me because I used to always want to know what it would be like to be there. Now I've been there about seven times, eight times. And I've, you know, I learned later in my career, like once things got really moving, that the Grammys is beyond just the award show. It's a, it's an organization of creatives and musical entrepreneurs and industry people that share things, information with each other, that gather together to celebrate music, but also to create a certain wave of how music is respected, all kinds of things. And so once I found out that there were chapters all around the country, someone invited me personally. was like, did you know this? And I was really, I did not know until much later in my career that this organization is all over the country. I could join. I had already been putting out records. And once I joined the D.C. chapter of NARIS, the, the, the Grammys, quote unquote, I realized there was so much more I could do and how I could network and how I could be of service even to the D.C. music community. And before I know it, I'm, I'm having folks say, you should think about being a governor and the board of governors is a collective of a smaller group of people who are really aggressively coming to the table with ideas and and I jumped on the board. I got I got elected to the, the board of governors for the D.C. Grammy chapter. And I've been on for about, yeah, six, seven years. And it's been phenomenal because I've gotten to go to the Grammys. I've gotten to hobnob with people that I love and respect that are doing beautiful things in the world of Grammys, like Jimmy Jam and, uh, you know, <laughs> Lettucey. Yeah, and so... Yeah. Yeah. It's a real, that's a majorly full circle for me, especially just going back to uh, an entire, like, have you seen my childhood? Like, I <laughs> dreamed of the Grammy back in the day. Yeah. It takes me right back there. So, yeah, it's I cool. It. What, speaking of yeah. circles, how what was your, in your mind, your big break? The first, like, oh, my gosh, this is really happening. What's that mm-hmm. story? Mm-hmm. That story is... Uh, Working at XM Radio, probably around 2004, 2003, 2004, finally got a job I liked because I was hustling music and also working really crappy corporate day jobs like that had nothing to do with journalism, which is what I studied in college, journalism and music. So college was a wild ride, and when I was done with it, I was just taking lots of odd jobs. And I landed a job at XM Radio at the time. It was XM Radio at the time. And... I had a lot of really amazing things happen there. People gave me a radio show. I was able to start to interview artists that I would love to respect it. I just got to network. My natural, very personable, love humans, want to meet, want to talk personality, really got to thrive there. And one day, this cat came up to my desk who worked in IT and said, yo, you know, I make videos on the side. Like, your music is kind of dope. I want to make some videos. Like, yeah, I want to make a video with you one day. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now by this point in my career, I've been around the block. I'm like, whatever. He's selling me a dream. I get right, right, that. right. And so, uh, you know, I'm like, cool, let's, let's connect at some point. And then I just didn't really follow through. But we work in the same building. So another day he comes to my desk and says, I really want to do a video for you. And I was like, I, you know, man, I, can't, I don't have no video money. I'm in this day job. I'm trying to hustle music. It's, I don't even know if I can afford a video. I was just kind of talking in circles. He's like, yo, let me go get something real quick. I'm going to come right back to your desk. He goes to his desk, gets his laptop, comes to my desk, and shows me two videos he had been working on for other artists. And then my mind changed. <laughs> I was like, wait, wow. okay, this is pretty dope. Like, you make real music videos. And he was like, I told you. I'm trying to work with you. I'm not trying to break your pockets. I just think you're really dope and you're nice. And I got to <laughs> listen. That right? is the key. Hold up. Hold up. Kindness is a skeleton key. Yeah. Yeah. No, you will get a yeah. lot of favor by just being a good person. Just being a nice person. If I meet you, we cool, you cool. We in this big building of all these, you know, music people, radio people. You know, in black people, we we make a way to each other in certain office environments. We got to find the black people. I knew him. He knew me. But I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> when I saw the video, I was like, I changed my mind. Can we talk about some things? And I was, you know, I had just put out 
day after my first album and I had been performing it quite a bit and people were loving it. I had gotten some radio plays in WHUR. I said, yo, I got this one song that would be nice if I had a video for it. See you in my dreams. Mm, and I love that one, girl. passed him the song. He said, what's up? And he storyboarded a video. We sat and talked about some locations. I used a homie's house. <laughs> A homie that I'm actually about to reconnect with over a long period of time who I haven't seen in quite a while. It's so funny that we're talking about this because he let me use his house to film some scenes in that video. And it landed on BET Jazz. And it landed on VH1 Soul. And it landed on a lot of TV. And it was like the first time in my career that I was like, my people were hitting me up in California like Deborah. I'm in Foot Locker and your video is on TV, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm on the West Coast. Like it, it was a very like, and that song is timeless to people. It never gets old. And so it it, that song was already doing so well. And with adult contemporary R&B, it was still, you know, a, that Neo Soul kind of movement was still kind of pushing along. It was holding on. It was holding on. And, um, that was a defining moment, having a music video on TV. I was a kid that always wanted a music video. Mm. I always wanted When I saw Prince climb out the tub, <laughs> crawling on the floor. Dig if you, know, you I, will. Yeah. When I see Annie Lennox with the red hair in a boat, talking about sweet dreams are made of the... I, I wanted a video. Yeah, so, I got you. And that um, wasn't... That that was when videos, like, were, like, you you made a path to get home. It was cartoons yeah. and videos. <laughs> right? You, and you can't get a... You can't get a video now on the video channels to save your life. No. But, you know, that... I would consider that your first collaboration, but I... You have had some incredible collaborations. I mean, some amazing collaborations. Can you talk about some of them, some of the people you've worked with? Oh, man. So many beautiful people. Um, collaborated with uh, one of my favorites. I'm a house head, you know, a remix head. I've always been that girl since way back in the day. So I've had some of my favorite collaborations that have been through remixes. Nicolay, Say It Remix. I feel like one of the oh. most dope conversations I had with you was talking about how you felt about that remix that wore my heart. Because that's one of my favorites. I'm over here Nicolay. with the chill bumps because I can hear them like, doo-doo-doo. <laughs> Do-do-do. 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 Yes. Oh, man. That, collaborating with, there's a group out of uh, London called Soul Persona that did a remix of a song of mine called Nothing Matters. Loved, loved, loved that remix. A few hip-hop collabs. You know, I did lots of hip-hop collabs with uh, my, my brothers, Born Infinite and Substantial and uh, Marcus D and, and Priest the Nomad and um, and then, you know, just, I mean, there's, now that I've really been wait, looking back, no, there's so wait, many. Wait, 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 come on. One of my favorite ones, Incognito. Oh, I, I, I mean, that to me is like, that's beyond a collaboration. It's like a gift. Yeah. That was like a gift. Like, that was like a dream and a, and a gift. Uh, that collaboration, sometimes I don't even know if I could call it that, like, I it was because in Bluey's mind, you know, I had been such a fan and I figured out a way to meet him and to pass him, to pass him my music, Excellent Radio. And uh, shout out to Excellent Radio. His response to my music, maybe like, wait, what? Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Like, you're, this is incognito, one of my favorite groups of all time right now. And yeah, working on a song called I See the Sun, that, that was a gift. And that you was like traveled with them to some really yeah. cool places. Yeah. When it comes to travel and collaborations, Incognito and the Foreign Exchange um, really took took me to places I never thought I'd see, showed That's... me things I, I never saw, and with good people, with really good people. With Foreign Exchange, they were great. I, I did South Africa with them. That's you know, how I, I found saw... you. That's how I found you, love. So yeah. I will always yeah. be grateful for yeah. that introduction. I mean, props to Fonte and, and Zoe in particular, because I was doing stuff in D.C. Zoe was doing stuff in D.C. And on a whim, I was asked to join Zoe on a CD release party at the Black Cat. 
And oh, Fonte man. came through, and I showed out. Like you were saying, you know, I do like to perform. Yeah, you do what and you I, do, for sure. And you, Fonte was like, who is this chick? <laughs> she is wild for the night on stage. We had such a good time that night that that began the collaborative, all of it. It was at this one show at the Black Cat, I sang a song, Make Love to Me by Monica mm-hmm. uh, Blair. Um, and so... And Vante was impressed. And so, you know, I got to see South Africa with them and all over them, the Midwest and West Coast with them. And, and they went incognito. They showed me the world. You know, they showed me the world. I got to be Australia and Japan and Hawaii. And, I mean, the world. You that know, sounds magical. I'm, I'm, very magical. But, and, and, and like a blessing beyond blessings. So here's what's interesting about talking about working and traveling and just being able to do your passion, being able to sing, being able to perform and see the world. And then you decide to make an album called Compass. (laughs) (laughs) Compass One. You are a very intentional human. So um, and the, the titles on this album feel like journal entries in a way. Can you talk about Mm -hmm. Compass? The making of Compass One, like, so is there going to be a Compass Two? Let me chill. Let me let you tell me about. I love it. I love it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. There's going to definitely be a Compass Two. It might not come out until 2028. I don't even know. It's that is a series that comes with life circumstances and energy. You can tell. And and with this one, uh, I had I think like really reached an ultimate place of. Feeling lost and feeling unsure and feeling oddly kind of grounded and, and like the grounding part is like the aging of it all. And the and then the journeying is the loss. Like sometimes you're, you are confidently moving along a journey. Even if you're lost, you're confident that you are going to figure it all out. And then there are times when you are journeying and, you aren't confident, but you know which way you should be going. Just keep going that way. And for me, this particular record was symbolizing being lost, but kind of feeling grounded in myself enough to own it mm-hmm. and uh, accept it. And also to feel like maybe others need to know that they're not alone with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's this album. It's very quick, very raw, very earthy and organic, and very dark. It felt personal. I wrote it, it felt all last personal. Year. Yeah, it felt personal. Yeah. So you remember, I was um, taking you back home after haircuts, y'all. She is my buddy in real life. So yeah, and we were talking <laughs> on the ride back, and you were really talking about music and where you wanted to go with your music and uh, the changes that you wanted to be able to make with your sound and the band. Do you feel that Compass One does that? Did you accomplish what you set out to do? I did. And I was so scared to do it. I was so afraid to do it. And what was the fear? Because it had been a really long time. It had been 10 years almost. When I started writing it, it had been more like eight years, eight, nine years. And I had so many um, fears and almost like misconceptions of who I was to the world, thinking, oh, people are going to hear this and be like, she changed so much. And and not really realizing that most likely there's going to be all these new ears that are not going to compare it to anything because it's been 10 years. Yeah. So stop worrying about it. They say, oh, the sound has changed or I was really worried about the old me and the old story and the old look and the old everything. And like, because my uh, fan base is so close knit, personal, family tight, I worried that the people that really been on the ride with me for a minute would notice a lot of changes and not be down to accept them. And for some, that has happened. Mm. But, and actually more so with people in my life than in the in the musical fan world. Because I was going to say, we rock with you. Like, you have an incredible sound. So if you wanted to yeah. maybe shift that sound to something oh. else and, you know, graduate it, so to speak, 
Like we 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 rock with that. Do you have? Yeah. Do you I have? I had to f- learn that. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, and so it sounds to me that you had to just battle Deborah. Yeah. Bora, yeah. Bora had, versus had, Bora. Really <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then do it really during a pandemic, you know, oh, do gosh. it at a very dark time. But at the same time, for me, this weird freedom of a time, because I was stretching myself way too thin in the time leading up to 2020. Yeah. Just being 2018 to 2020, I was really just stretching myself too thin, trying to be everywhere at one time, trying to be in every room, trying to network, trying to get a certain level of acceptance and like relevance of of some sort that was burning me out. And it was like when the world shut down and we had to quarantine, it was kind of like, thanks. Mm, I feel that. Stay in here now, figure me out. Cause I'm, what am I doing out here? I'm doing a lot and I'm not doing anything. Yeah, you know, that's it's, what I realized. You know, it's uh, <laughs> I'm watching um, uh, producer engineer Jessica, and she's nodding like, like we feel you, we feel you. A lot of us, a lot of us creatives went through that through that period, and it and it it has some blessings. Not even gonna hold you. It has some yeah, blessings. It does, and it, for me, I I know how to network. I know how to work the, the the fields, and I know how to be out there, and that was great for me. And I also love to support artists, so I had this strong pull to be in the room for people not even for me just to be in the room and show that I'm here for you and it was all burning me out so when everything stopped and I had already made a decision literally and you know you and I can really go in about like manifestation and Mm -hmm. intentions and energy and around the end of 2019 I was like I can't do this anymore I need to put out a record and I need to sing my songs and tell some kind of story instead of being this cover singer in the bars which is what I ended up doing. And so the universe worked out that I had made a decision to seek new producers and move on into new directions. And then the world shut down and I could just, I don't know, like some other, my radio side kicked in, my tech side kicked in. Let me get some instruments. Let's get some microphones. Let's make my quarantine home a studio and, and write some damn songs, Deborah, write them and get them out. <laughs> yeah, you really did, t- did. You really did turn yeah. your space into into something beautiful. I watched the. Um, I think it's Art Bay. You did something with Art Bay, right? Yeah. Over the summer, yeah. I tuned in, girl. Wherever you, wherever you're going to be, I'm yeah. going to try to make sure that I can see or be there in the room. Do you have a favorite on Compass One? Oh man, that's so hard. I know. Well, I'll 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 just tell you because I'm probably in a bag with a bunch of folks. Time really is my favorite. Yes, yes, yes. And time, time is real. Time is gonna be my favorite on many levels. Like, yeah, I can't. It's the very first one I started working on for that record. It was the earliest one I started working on it at the end of 2018, and I had a very different sounding track, and. It reminded me the track that I had, or it was a very stripped down thing. It reminded me of Shaka. It made me think of Shaka doing jazz. It made me think of kind of this fusiony Shaka vibe. And um, and then at the time when I was writing it, the end of 2018, end of 2019, I was just going through so much midlife stuff. (laughs) Mm. I was just like newly single after many years of like a long term relationship. Being a daggone cougar out in the world, <laughs> <laughs> realizing that I'm not a kid anymore. Yeah, well, it's, it, people- it's hard when you look at babe. It's hard when you look at you, <laughs> the fountain of youth happening, and you get these little twenty somethings and thirty somethings pushing Ooh, up. It was yeah. too much, and I was mm-hmm. like, but then at the same time, no matter what I was doing. Time was moving on. I was becoming more tired. I was having musical people tell me I was a little bit old. Uh, your sound is this. You don't do this. The, now you need numbers. I was used to having a, this time. It was so many elements of aging, life, where am I in life that, like, when I started writing that song, even before I knew Compass was going to be a thing, that one was real for me. Yeah. That one was really, really real for me. And then to bring on some extra production team folks, my brother DJ Harrison of the group Butcher Brown, Devon, and 
Brandon Lane and, and then to get some some of these heavy hitter musicians like to build the track up. Then it was like, oh my gosh, this is turning into that Shaka fusion thing I thought it was going to be. And wow. by the time it was done, it, it's going to always have a special place in my heart because it's, and there's been a lot of women, I have to say, in the last year, actually since the album, the time dropped as a single with this music video, a lot of women that are like, boy, that one is for me. Like, mm-hmm. I understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Because they're being a woman and aging and then being a woman in the music business and getting older and like thinking about things you should have been doing or all of it. It's been touching people. So for me, that's, I have to put that one in my, I, I will agree with you. <laughs> it's we'll one come, of my we'll, favorites. We'll come and on, the video we'll come on, is one of the dumbest videos I've ever done. Yeah, I love that video. I absolutely yeah. love that video. All right, well, you know, on Vinally, we dissect uh, an artist that you love, an album from an artist that you love. And I know it was, I don't know if it was hard for you because when I called you, you knew off top which album and artist you wanted to talk about. So let's pull our scalpels out and <laughs> um, you know, tell the people which album you chose and why. Oh, man, it's got to be uh, Rapture, Nita Baker. Um, for so many reasons, it's, it's it literally takes me to a very specific time of my life that I really love. Her influence on my vocal style is so strong; it's not even funny. And there's just and I she's one I've gotten to witness. I've seen her perform in concert so many times at this point that she's always been one of my dream dream singers and I I we can go into that a little bit more later but this term dream singers I when I teach voice lessons and teach artists to think about being an artist I ask them to tap into that artist that made them kind of want to be on stage wanted to have a show that's those dream artists dream singers and she was just one of those for me so that album I mean it don't never get old uh, it doesn't <laughs> as a matter of fact I'm gonna play one of the ones that means something to you off of off of that album. I just wanna give you mm. chill, I just wanna give you little chill bumps on the back of your neck real quick. Watch this. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm on the floor, so just, you know. I'm like holding my chest right now. Like listen, listen. Holding myself like I'm holding a baby or something. I'm, oh, listen, I got to click one. over. Let me call you back. <laughs> that one just right. sends me. <laughs> Let me click over. I'm on the other line. Uh, that one sends me. I mean. That one. Let me tell you something. The intro. Mm-hmm. The very first 45 listen. seconds to a minute. <laughs> I literally, oh my gosh, you a trip. I literally just got goosebumps right now. I had them when I knew, listen, I had them because I knew I was queuing it up. And so you didn't know, but I knew. So I had the goosebumps first, but I feel like I was transferring them to you. You trans, (laughs) my stomach, like even just the butterflies, like. That intro, mm-hmm. I would hear so much via my mother that it was nuts. Mm-hmm. It is because of my mother that I am addicted to Anita Baker because my mother was addicted to Anita Baker. And so I have these really strong memories of being put to bed, myself and my sister, maybe my little brother. I don't know if he's alive yet. <laughs> he's a couple years younger. He, We would be put to bed and then like, many black mamas across the USA, it would be time for her to get the house in order. Yeah. And she would put on vinyl. She would yes. put on Anita Baker, Rapture, and it, she would start with mystery. And I would be in my bed and I would hear that intro night after, and I'm telling you, night after night, my mom really was one of those people that she would play the same records over and over if she was into it. And that was one. And I would be in bed. Ooh, and you know I, what? You I know was, what? It's a nighttime kind of a song, right? Yeah. 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 It, yeah. it did something to me. For, and so that one. Mm-hmm. And then I I got to hear her sound check in recent years. I got to sit at the gate of Wolf Trap 
in Virginia. Mm. And I was the early bird. I got to the venue so early to get a good seat on the lawn that I got to listen to her sound check mystery. Oh, my gosh. Did you not? Okay, uh, I don't even know. You wouldn't <laughs> lose your mind just listening to her do it in, like, when no one's listening. Listen, you know I, cry, I, mean? like, I cry about things, so I would have been yeah, entirely a, a weepaholic sitting out there, like... <laughs> Entirely. You know, it's it's like, so for us, we would clean, too. My mom would put yep. on vinyl also, and we would clean. And the Rapture album was one of the albums that, like, I knew it was time to get the, the pines all out. Yeah. And to put the vacuum lines on the floor. But, I always heard vacuum cleaner and Rapture. Vacuum cleaner and Rapture. But 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 guess what? I got another one for you. Come on. <laughs> my mom would sing this one. She did? So I would hear a, I would hear a vacuum cleaner and my mother singing. It was always, my butt was in bed, but my mother would go into like solid gold land or something. She'd be on, on stage in her mind singing it while she was cleaning. But it was always vacuuming mm-hmm. that I really mm-hmm. remember. But that one, as an adult, that one is, for me, like, there's a, a serious vocal influence because of certain ad-libs that she would do that I find myself doing now. That it, like, that real talk, some people don't take to. Mm-hmm. Um, That's- that I've even, I have even learned that people are like, oh, I don't really like that part of Deborah Bond's voice. Or, and Anita Baker went through that same thing. There, that particular song, some of the build-up moments towards the end, mm-hmm. where she's wailing these notes, I've had people be like, I don't like the way that sounds. And I, I do that now. Hold these long... There's this part where they're like, my joy and my my joy. And she's just going, my All that holding? Yeah. I do that. I do that. Wow. So much. And people, there are some that love it and feel the grandeur of it and feel the intensity of it. But there are people who are like, that's loud, it's abrasive. It's, and Anita went through some of the things that I feel like I go through, mm. which makes her even more special to me. And that song in particular, really, because I feel like there are so many things I'm emulating of her on stage live. From that song, yeah. And, you, and you know, yeah. the, also her being able to lend her vocals to some really intense lyrics, like this one right here. I'm in here like hip rolling and shoulder oh. surfing. <laughs> Ooh, that, mm, mm, yeah. I feel like we all can relate. Once you become an adult in the world of love, you hear just let somebody love you. I don't know why. Whenever I get close to you, why you want to run and hide? Like that's real talk. Like if you've been in love, if you dealt with love, you dabbled in love. That line is going to be real to yeah. you. It gets you right in the chest, not even going further. Right in the chest. Yeah. And then, the, and then add jazz. Add yes. jazz. That, you want to run and hide. That's, a, that's jazz, right? She's like doing such a scat almost. And it's like, it gives you an extra punch because she's not even just saying you want to run and hide, but she's saying it with this like syncopated, like, boo ba ba like almost like a horn. Like, mm-hmm. ooh. Yeah. Anita... There's no other man. I'm telling you. <laughs> Bora, do you think you would ever do a full jazz album? Yes. Yeah. Please do. Yes. Please I, do a full I, jazz album. I am manifesting that. I am been speaking it into existence. Um, I have also been around a lot of jazz cats, as I call them, the jazz homies. And they are very, very uh, particular. So I want to make sure that when I do go that route. I honor the craft. I honor the genre. 
and I don't get clowned <laughs> by the jazz police that would be like, okay, she's the Borobon's <laughs> doing jazz. What is this? But then I go, you know, I think of someone like Anita Baker, who in this song, Been So Long, that's a jazz song. It is. If you really listen to it, it's a jazz song. It is. Absolutely. Be as well. There is a but jazz yeah. cadence. And, and I, you know, I can't sing yeah. worth, you know, <laughs> anything. But I definitely recognize, I know music. And I know, yeah. and there is a particular jazz cadence that yeah. is, you know, yeah. and you can hear that, and you can definitely hear that in her, in her, in her sound, in that song yeah. in particular. But you yeah. do it, you do it also. Like I've been in the room when you've covered her, and you yeah. do a masterful job at that jazz cadence. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. yeah. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna get to it. I'm just gonna do it. I want to do it right, and and then at the same time, I want to do it my way. I want to, I want. I want you to hear like what Anita Baker and Shaka doing jazz would be like. You know, and not he, here's a jazz singer jazz. Yeah, know? here's the interesting part too. I was I was just visiting with um my godmother and we were talking about we were watching old Shaka performances and she said Shaka really is or could be a jazz artist, but that yeah. there was, a, you know, she 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 fancies herself a music historian, so bless her soul. But she feels like there was a, a fear in switching the sound. And I hear that a lot from artists, a fear of switching the sound as if that's going to cause you to lose your fan base. And then you have groups like the Foreign Exchange where the albums are different. I love them all. Um, mm-hmm. But you know what to come to expect when a Foreign yeah. Exchange album comes out. Does that make sense? Yes, indeed. Yes, but I can indeed. still you play it from start to finish. It's signature. a signature sound. Yeah. And you it, want to keep that signature, but you also want to expand. Yeah. You want to expand. That, I, I'm a rocker. Like people, a lot of my fan base, those who know me, a lot of, there are many who don't know me, but those who do know me know I'm a funk R&B soul girl, but I am a complete rocker. I am a heart. I am a journey. I am a, I'm all into that too. I want to expand into that. I love Joni Mitchell. I love what she did when she teamed up with funk artists and, and worked with Jaco Pastorius and different artists and, and did this fusion of folk and, and soul funk. All of that is in me and jazz is in me and, you know, definitely a lot more electronica and a lot more house. And it's scary to just say, okay, listen, I know you are used to this signature, but I'm going to just go here for a little while and show you that I can do this too. And I love it. And I enjoy it. Let me do it. Let me have this moment. It, it's scary. Cause well, the fans like what they like. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, listen, I would not hate it. If you put out a little test LP um, with, uh, with house <laughs> and jazz, you know, yeah. to test the, test the water, see, see how the people yeah. respond to yeah. it. But you have so much in you. And I think it is unfortunate that, you have to be boxed into a genre because I can completely see you doing rock, you know, soul, mm-hmm. jazz, mm-hmm. house, mm-hmm. disco. You are a total disco queen. Oh, oh. Now, I'm going to give you a little insider moment. Okay. Disco is coming. Disco funk with someone who I am next level excited to say I'm collab. We've, we've been talking about collaborations. One of my next collaborations, which is going to be kind of disco funk, I am pumped about it, and you will be too. We're gonna have a round two about that one. I ain't gonna say that. We'll have to do okay. a disco. I'll bring you back. <laughs> I will. We will do a disco vinyl.ly I will absolutely bring you back. I will absolutely bring you back. Yeah, because you. Oh, I, you. You hit the nail on the head bringing up disco. I. I'm gonna always love it. I would love to do a disco album. You know, and then also, there's a couple of albums that are just under my sleeve. You know, that are very different for my genre, but not really. If you just know who I am. That I'm going. I'm a very. We're, I'm a Sagittarius. Come on. Yeah, you I'm know a, how we I'm are. I'm going to take a few risks. I'm going to try. Yeah. Something. Well, the yeah, thing about I'm a Sagittarius gonna... is that we we jump off cliffs and we just assume that there'll yeah. be a parachute. We will land on our or feet. Or we might just fly for a good. Or we wow. might fly or coast. You know? you know what I'm saying? Then just settle on down. Yeah. We might just float on down. Sometimes we might crash, but you know, and I've been there. But I do think with with music and genres and being open, there's so much more in me. And, you know, I am, at like we were talking about, like, with time, that song, I am settled in time. I am settled in saying, you know what, you might not want to hear me sing this. You can put that away and stick with Day After or whatever you like from me. 
but I'm going to be on probably a folk record. I'll probably be on a disco record. I'll probably do a classical piece. You know, like I'm going to try some things that have been in me. You know, I'm not, I can't even wait to try some dance hall. Like I just all kinds that is the thing, biggest, though. Number yeah. one thing I want to do is Latin music, yeah. like Hector Laveau type vocal art, or uh, uh, what's my sister's name? Oh, I'm blanking out. But Hector Laveau, where you just kind of sing out, and you're like the caller and responser of the of the Latin sounds. Mm-hmm. Like, I am going to have a Hector Laveau moment. So people are gonna have to just get with it. Yeah, but <laughs> but but it's just an opportunity for a different fan base is how I see it. Exactly. I really do. So I know you're, you're traveling um, and you're promoting Compass One, you know, where can we find you? Um, I'm actually preparing myself to be back in the winter lab. I'm a summer girl, even though I'm born in the winter or fall. I, I love fall, but I like heat. So when it gets cold, I don't mind staying home with candles and incense and colored lights and music. I'm, I'm getting myself prepared to write more music and work on a, a new album. So I love it. I'll be in the DC streets and a few places popping up here and there, but uh, I'm also just going to try to get back in the lab. I love it. Where can the people find you on the socials? Socials. They can find me probably the most active on Instagram at B-O-R-A-B-O-N-D. That's Bora Bond. And on Facebook, Deborah Bond Music. YouTube, which I sometimes throw random things for fans keep up with me to check out. YouTube is Deborah Bond Music. Twitter, Bora Bond. B-O-R-A-H-B-O-N-D on Twitter. And, um, yeah, I'm out here. Listen, I'm <laughs> And my website. Oh, your website, yeah. What is it? Deborahbond.com. Easy. I'm working on it. (laughs) Easy. I'm sending you an enormous hug. It's like one of those long seven-second joints where you rock back and forth. Uh I know it. Uh I know it. And I know you got it. (laughs) Yeah, I got it back. I got it back. Thank you so much for coming to talk to me. Thank you for having me. You're very special. You Um, are so special to me. You are. Wait, wait, wait. I want to wish you a, a happy... New moon and praying that the things that you asked for mm-hmm. to manifest the last two moon cycles are manifesting for you. It sounds like it is. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm wishing it right back. It's, it's real. It's real time. Energy is, is strong right now. So. Yeah. And I'm, we're tapped in. We're tapped in. I'm sending you abundance of the light stuff. I appreciate stuff, it. The warm I, stuff. I appreciate yeah, the fiery it. stuff. Too. Hey, because we're, we're Sagittarians. We're yeah, we're fire children. So you need a little bit of that mm, that heat. Yeah, so I'm sending it all to you. I receive yeah. it. My arms are open. Listen, I'm not going to hold you, but time really is my favorite off Compass One. The whole album is a vibe. Until we spin again.
Sometimes I wanna stop the clock and I know where I can figure it out. And yes, I know I'm always. Playing. 